Fantastic. My message comes to you with a sense of uh, gratitude and, uh, and of uh, just thanksgiving to God and what he's done for the church. Friday afternoon, and everyone knows, just to cut to the chase, everyone knows we've been in a year and a half battle with the bank uh, to secure our new loan for our facility and land, a uh, million dollars worth of loan. And on um, 4.45 Friday afternoon, they rang up and they said, it's done. It's actually done. We have a new loan. 15 years, uh, 8.99%, and uh, it's done. And so uh, God is so good, and we've just got to come up with that money every month now. I'm just trusting God, believing God like I have been. And uh, this church was birthed in the Spirit, and uh, it was birthed out of the heart of God and a passion for God. Uh, and, and I, I want to go back on some of the testimony of what I believe God is through in birthing the church, but also getting through this most difficult season of bringing this, uh, this huge blessing to pass, which I believe was like the gates of hell, to be honest. You know, you know Jesus building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail uh, against your life or this church. And so you're, I just want to say in context of my message, it's a bit like this. There's God's fulfillment for your life, Marty. There's a, fulfill, a prophetic fulfillment, which is much bigger than a normal life. Uh, you know, God likes, you know, you know, just nice, tidy lives. But I believe everyone born on this planet is born for greatness and born for such a time as this. And um, I, I believe there's a prophetic fulfillment in your life. Every single person here, every single person here, including Bree's life. And is it John? Is it Bree and John? God bless you. Give it up for these guys. And they're just visiting us. There's prophetic fulfillment in your life and in the life of this church that must be fought for. And we must be persevering and enduring. And we must have overcoming faith. And we must be overcomers. Say overcomers. Now, young people, listen to me. You can live a normal life, a tragic life. You can live a life that is going downstream or upstream against all the flotsam and jetsam of life. And you can push in and press up into your better life. It's up to you. But I'm telling you this. It doesn't come easy. It doesn't come easy. It's a fight of faith. Uh, I know that you were born into the kingdom and you got saved. And that was nice. Thank you very much. But actually, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is at hand. And, and, and you know, when Jesus said that, he was saying this, that it's actually possible to touch it. That the kingdom has substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Doesn't the Bible say that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1? So you can have this stuff of the kingdom. You can actually touch it, and, but it takes faith, man. You can bring on God's best life. You can bring on you know, God's will in a, in, a, in, a, in a region like this, in a city like this. We brought it on. By faith and persevering and being overcomers. We brought God's will on. We brought it on with faithfulness and tenacity of faith and a persevering spirit. It wasn't easy. It took time. It wasn't easy. But we overcame the gates of hell. And so here we are. We're living in a dream. We're living in God's substance of things hoped for. This is the substance of things hoped for. Hallelujah. Isn't it great to be in the substance of things hoped for? Isn't it great to be in a marriage of things, substance of things hoped for? Isn't it great to have money 
you know, being blessed with a great job and being in the substance of your job or being in a marriage and your, ba- and, and your wife's pregnant with a baby and the substance that things have hoped for are tangible and real. Because God wants you to experience heaven down here, not just when you die. Amen? It's a fallacy. It's not in the Bible that we only experience heaven when we die. We experience heaven right now. Thank you, Bill Johnson, for the wake-up call. God wants us to experience heaven right now. He wants babies born. He wants miracles of, of, of so many opportunities. When you were saved, it broke you into the kingdom of God. So many challenges, but so many opportunities are right before you. This is not an easy life. It's not, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. It's nice to be and just be, look, you know, be nice and everything is going to come my way. You've got to fight, man. You've got to fight with faith. And you've got to persevere. And you've got to wake yourself up every day. Thank God for that song. Because you can go to sleep in where you're at. Hey, Luke, how you doing, man? Awesome. You can go to sleep, you know. It just takes one day to go to sleep. And, you know, I needed that music this morning. I needed that worship this morning. I knew, who, Who's like that? I needed that. I needed that, guys. I need that worship to work every Sunday. I need it. I need my prayer to work. I've got to, I've got to be disciplined. I've got to be awake in God 24 seven. I've got to be awake because I stop dreaming and I stop believing for the more of God because it takes eyes of faith to see what God has for each one of us. Eyes of faith will only, only be realized and only be a, a, you know, be a matter of fact in your life if you're awakened in your spirit, if you're alive in your spirit. Otherwise, you just go, go back to normal vision. You just go, oh, I never noticed that before, man. I, man, I was in revival so much for a decade that I started to realize, I said, man, that house over there, how long has that been in my street? That's been there you know, since you've been in the street. I've never even noticed that thing. Uh, you know, and, yeah, and the car that guy drives, that's not a bad... I didn't even notice any of those. I didn't even know Seinfeld was a show until 90... And this is pretty tragic, but because I, I end up liking Seinfeld. Not even, not even until 99, 99. 2000. Now, 2001, it was. It was after the, the revival sort of subsided a bit. And I went, oh, what? Gee, have you seen the show Seinfeld? It's fantastic. People look at me, yeah, it's been on since about, what is it, 93, 94? See how your vision, your vision changes. Let's get into the Word. You need the Word, don't you? To be an overcomer takes some guts and perseverance. Uh, Hebrews 6.12, thank you, Tim, if you got that. I believe it's the call of God upon our lives to be overcomers. I'm going to prove it to you. I believe it's the nature of Christ within you, and it's the character of of Christ within you to be an overcomer. And it goes like this, Hebrews 6.12, through faith and patience we inherit the promises. See that? Did Did you just see that? Through faith and patience we inherit the promises of God. I believe the people that understand the distinction between what it means to be an overcomer are those people that understand what it means to be a minister of love, but then they roll their sleeves up and then they pray and it's spiritual warfare and they've got to overcome. 
you know, stuff of life. You know, they've got to overcome even principalities and powers and, and, and curses and, and, and stuff. It's those people that are overcomers that understand that we're nice and ministering here to people and it's cute. But then over here, it's time to pray and get on our knees and really... Isn't that right, Jules? Who has a desire to live this most... Who has a desire to see their prophetic uh, fulfillment? To see the, the, the plans and the purposes of God you know, be realized in their life. I, I think everyone has this, this yearning for, for that, for your giftedness, for who you are, to be actually on the playing field. Man, I was on the side of that playing field yesterday, Craig, and I had, I had um, butterflies in my, in my stomach. I'm, I'm not going out. Look, I'm totally dressed. And, I, and it just reminded me when I was a kid, when I used to, you know, be waiting on the side and wanting to get on, and I had butterflies. But I was standing there watching these guys play, and God, you guys play really well. I don't think I could go out there. You guys, Ben, man, look at Ben. Angus, he's, man, these guys are phenomenal. And I'm standing there on the side and I'm just thinking, man, I'd love to be on that playing field. I'd love to be on there having a go. But I probably would only last five minutes. I don't know. But I might give it a go. I was thinking I might give it a go. I might just have one more bash because time's running out, man. I'm, you know, I'm such and such age. And I think I just got to, I think I just got to, and then I see Ollie's father, Rob, and he's out there and, you know, he's not moving real great, but he's got ball control and, and I think, well, I could probably do that. I'm not going to be able to move real quick, but at least I can kick the ball and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and so I think, I think for everyone, there is, there is a playing field for everyone where they're actually moving forward in God and realizing their best days and, and seeing, they're scoring goals and they're, they're seeing the, you know, a harvest of, of whatever they're sowing into. I, I believe that, but it comes by perseverance and endurance. I believe God is saying this to us. We've got to defeat passivity. We've got to defeat fear and oppression. That stuff's got to be dealt with in Jesus' name. I honestly believe that, that God is dealing with us and he's saying, you've got to fight the fight of faith. You've got to fight the fight of faith. You've got to overcome passivity and that sleepy spirit and that doubt and fear. That's got to go in Jesus' name. Who's with me on that? In fact, I believe even to, to, to be successful in your spiritual life, you've got to fight. You've got to fight. Can we turn that down? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Bible talks about this aggressiveness, and I think it's more, more about the zeal. And uh, I'm not talking about fleshy uh, aggression, but it does talk about this zeal. Uh, and, you know, it, it, talks about, it talks about this. It talk, in Matthew 4.17, uh, Kingdom of God is at hand. Sorry, Tim. In Matthew 11.12, it says this. It says, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent men take it by force. Is that what it says there? Different version, but it's basically saying, well, what is this violence in the kingdom stuff? What does that mean? It's really about this. It's really about this. It's about this passionate pursuit of God. The kingdom of God to, to actually, to be able to touch it and live in it is, a, is actually about a real zeal and a passion 
and a very aggressive, but that's not a great word, but a real zeal to press in and, and, and live in this dimension of life whereby we are experiencing the substance of life. I mean, the substance of the kingdom, which is the mercy, the grace, the presence of God, all this great stuff that God says, that Jesus said, when he said the kingdom of God is at hand, he said, meaning that it's actually possible to touch it. That's what I believe, that we, that's where we need to live. That's where everyone needs to live, right there. Living in the reality of the kingdom of God. Who's, who's for me on that one? Do you understand that? When you feel God's love, when you feel God's mercy, when you feel God's grace, when you feel God's presence and anointing on you, Michelle, when you feel it, you go, this kingdom stuff, man, it it really is real. It's fantastic. And so I believe it comes by a fight of faith. It comes by persevering. The word perseverance um, comes from the word severe. Severe. God's cha- you know, God takes us through lots of challenges of life so that, so that by we can get this grit on the inside to be able to hold fast and lay hold of the promises of God. The promises of God are, the, are yes and amen. Who knows that? Once you realize your promises, start to speak them. Start to declare them. Start to believe them. Because they're going to come alive in your life. Um, Revelations 1.9, John said he was a partaker in the tribulation and the kingdom and perseverance which are in Jesus. I'm making, I'm making a case on this word perseverance. John says this in Revelations on the island Patmos. He says, he writes in the, in the Revelations, he says, I'm a partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance which are in Jesus. Luke 8.15 says, Jesus taught the disciples by saying, bear fruit with perseverance. See through Tugra, we have borne fruit. We have fruit. How many souls saved on Friday night? Six six souls saved with perseverance. Garth, does it come easy? Does it come easy for that stuff to happen? When they bring them, yeah, when souls come and and, and your disciples uh, are encouraged to bring visitors. They're persevering. They they work, you know, they, they handle the mockery. They handle the... The, the opposite spirit and they push through and they ask their friend at the risk of their reputation, they persevere, they press in and they ask the person and the person says, yeah, I'll come along and they come to Friday night and because there has been a spirit of perseverance and faith that has cultivated an atmosphere of the supernatural, they walk in and pow, they get saved. It does not come easy. Isn't that great? Five, six souls, eh? Six. Eighteen in three weeks. Give it up for these guys, man. They're on fire. You know this, that when you got saved, your, your spirit 
was saved by the sacrifice of Christ. There's nothing you can do anything more about that. It's done and dusted. Your spirit is ready to rock. Your soul, on the other hand, that's another thing. That is saved by faith and endurance. I know this from experience that certain people that I know in my life went year in, year out, persevering, enduring to redeem their souls. Persevering and enduring to beat down every curse in their life, every fleshy, every fleshy attitude, and at the end, they were overcomers. Do you know how many times it says overcomer in the book of Revelations? I, I dare you to find out how many times the word overcomer is mentioned in the book of Revelation. And those who overcome, they were given a white stone. And those who overcome will inherit the kingdom of God. And those who overcome will sit at the right hand of the Father. And those who overcome will rule over many nations. And those who overcome, and those who overcome, and those who overcome. I mean, I, I underlined about 12 of them last night. Overcomer. Overcomer. God wants us to be an overcomer. Prove it, Pastor Phil. I'm trying. Help me. Consider the word persevere. We did, and, and it talks about severe, being severe. It implies that there are times when we will not reach our spiritual goals unless we are stretched in, way, in ways others call severe or extreme. God, stretch me with these financial matters of this church. He stretched me to the extreme. we don't go one mile we go two we contend for the faith we wrestle against principalities and powers we're not wimps we don't give up we are soldiers and we endure hardships you like that sort of talk even if we're knocked down defeat is not final we we rise the fight to fight another day surrender is not an option our success comes from faith in God. Wasn't that a great message last week? Faith! It's an attitude. It's a spirit. It's a conviction. It's a glean in the eye. Faith! All things can be done with faith. Hallelujah. Let's have a look at this. Let's crunch some of this stuff here. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I, I read this statement. Multitudes, multitudes are comfortable with God's promises. But you and I are called to possess the promises and walk in them. Are we that sort of church? We just go, yeah, they're great promises. Wow, awesome. Or do we go, wow. They're great promises. Let's, let's, let's believe those. Let's believe that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. An overcomer is that sort of person who has that sort of attitude. An overcomer is one that believes that God is on the brink of releasing a great awakening across the planet. An overcomer believes against all odds that God is going to do what he said he shall do. An overcomer 
is one that continues to come to church and continues to give, continues to worship and continues to believe in their best life to be realized. And overcome a guy. But you've got to have your spirit awakened to it. Despite your feelings, despite the weather, despite all these negative connotations that come our way, an overcomer seemingly has this endurance of spirit, this persevering, this severity, this zeal of God that persists and continues and it will not dissipate and it will not back off, but it stands and believes and declares with the spoken word that God is and can and will and shall be. I love this sort of stuff because this has worked in my life and it's worked in all the great people that I know. Amen. Anointed for war. Isaiah, I think it's, I think it's Isaiah 42 verse 13, is it not? The Lord will march out like a mighty man, like a warrior. He will stir up his zeal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. Is that, is that what it just said? You know, God spoke to me about a certain scripture and uh, it really, it really blessed me. And it was in Psalm 18, verse 34. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. And if you know Psalm 18, it's about David who is um, just really feeling beat up and there's a lot of contention around his life. There's a lot of warfare around his life. And he's just feeling out of sorts with God. He just doesn't feel he has this strength, this supernatural strength and favor with God to overcome his enemies. And in the Psalm of 18, it says this, that there are two prerequisites for David to be this spiritual warrior. And I love this in Psalm 18.31. It says, For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. What is a, and I thought, what is a, a bow of bronze? Well, if you look at this, if you look at this, there's, there's two, and if you look at this whole psalm, it's brilliant. Uh, you know, you can, you can actually see two stages of spiritual development that he describes in relation to warfare. And the two prerequisites for the anointing that we need to be overcomers is this. Number one, we must allow God to make our way blameless. Get rid of sin, guys. Get right with God. Come up the mountain. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Those with clean hands. When you get up to the mountain and you're in the right position with God, communing with God in right position with Him, you are authorized and deputized to be a warrior. That, that means that now your words become powerful. Your weapons, supernatural weapons, become powerful. But bending this bow of bronze, what, what does that mean? And I love this, that the bow of bronze, the bow, so here comes the arrow. Here's my word. Here's the, here's the word. Here's my promise that I'm, uh, that I'm believing for that is 
helping me realize prophetic fulfillment in my life, helping me believe and understand how to advance my life. Here's the promise. There's miles of promises in the Bible. Here's the promise. And it comes out of the shift. It comes out the arrow. Here it comes. But the bow of bronze is actually the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit bending the bow of bronze enables your prayer life and enables that scripture and enables that decree and that declaration from your mouth to go out and penetrate your enemies and penetrate and find depth and accuracy into those dilemmas and into those circumstances and into those things that are coming against you like the gates of hell that are stopping you from advancing your life take out the bow take i mean take out the arrow get the bow of bronze and how can you bend a bow of bronze you reckon you could do that man how could you do that in the natural but in the supernatural realm of god's spirit it's all possible to bend a bow of bronze to allow the word of god to be find its mark and take out the enemy's plans and repel the enemy's advance. How we're contained, how we're surrounded. I don't care, man. Just keep in the Holy Ghost, in the right position, in the strength of God. How can you bend a bow of bronze? In the strength of the Lord. In the strength of the Lord you can. Isn't it amazing when you're you're not feeling right with God and you're not anointed, you pray and it's just like... It doesn't find its target. There's no distance. There's no penetration. But when you're anointed, man, you can't stop praying. You're a man on fire. Praying, declaring, decreeing, believing the promises of God. I love this stuff. Who who loves this stuff? Psalm 45 verse 5. Let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. Jesus' enemies. How many enemies around this region have we got that is even surrounding this church? How many enemies that are surrounding your life but the life of this church? Let's have a look at it again. Let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. Let the nations fall beneath your feet. Yeah, I love that stuff. Ephesians six seventeen, the word of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In that bow of bronze, the Holy Spirit. I love that. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through Him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. You know when you say yes and Amen to His promises, that is one great principle, guys, to, 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 to press into the future and not look back. You know, how many times I've got all my school friends on Facebook and they're constantly looking back and they're looking back to who hung out at that pub and who hung, who was that teacher in high school and do you remember that incident in school? And it was sort of a little novelty after a while, but I'm over it, man. I'm over it. I don't want to know about the guy, the maths teacher had dandruff on his jacket every day. I don't want to know about the poor lady, German lady, that whose shoes were too big. And, you know, I mean, I want to, oh, I'm pushing forward. I'm pushing forward. Already they're looking back. I'm pushing forward. We need to push forward in God. And believing in the promises of God, Roy, will help you go forward. Is that right? Are you believing in some promises of God? I believe you are. 
Romans 10.10 says it like this, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Confess means to harmonize, to harmonize with God's will. Every time you confess God's will and confess the promises of God, you are harmonizing with God's intentions for your life. You are harmonizing with God's will for your life. Do you like that? Confessing God's will. Time, I know. Matthew 15, 11, What goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean, but what comes out of his mouth, that is what makes him unclean. Man, get victory over that mouth, guys. Get victory over that because, you know, you've got to have the positive confession constantly, the Word of God and the positive confession, the words of encouragement. Just be careful of any nonsense because, you know, loose lips sink ships, you know. Come on, let's speak positive over every situation. Let's speak positive over the church. Let's speak positive over our, our, our region. Let's speak positive over the youth. Let's speak positive over every family, every marriage, all our finances. Let, let's speak positive over it and declare the goodness of God. John fourteen 12, I'm just sque- squeezing some scriptures in now. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith, in him will do what I have been doing, and he will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Faith is what we need. Faith, persevering faith. Man, if I had time, I could go to Judges 3, but it just talks about how God took the Israelites around the long way in the promised land. Why would he take them around the long way? It says in Judges chapter 3, verse 1, 4, why was it? So that they would win these little battles, that they would overcome these things, that they would overcome that battle and overcome these things. Why? Because we could hand down that testimony that God would build in this church right now. We could hand it down to the youth and the youth could hand it down and they could say, it didn't come easy, uh, friend. It didn't come easy. Wow, look at this church. Look how big this thousand seat auditorium man there's facilities and there's so many great things happening on this so how did it happen did it just happen no no it happened by great endurance and perseverance god took them around the long way god took god's people around the long way they had to overcome this hittites and the perizzites and these hittites and whatever zites and and why didn't he just take them straight to the victory why didn't he do that Why did you have to let us go through this financial upheaval and financial challenge and stretch us and test us to the max? I don't know, but I know this. The Bible says it builds faith and it builds a testimony that we can hand down to our next generation. Isn't that right? And I'm telling you this, God's got so much for us to possess God's got so much C3 Tugger for us to possess. And I like how it says, my last scripture is about Paul and how God apprehended Paul for a reason. God apprehended you not to live a nice life. He apprehended you to to be an overcomer, to possess so much in your life. You'd be absolutely amazed. Let's have a look what it says. It goes like this. Philippians 3.12. Is it up there or I actually haven't got it written down. Yeah, thanks guys. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on. Say press on. Let's all stand. God bless you. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I just want to listen guys. 
I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Why did Christ take hold of you? Why did Christ lay hold of you? Why did Christ lay hold of you? <laughs> Why did Christ lay hold of Paul to reach out to the Gentiles to do a great work of God? Why did why did God lay hold of Luke, Eagle? Why? Just to live a nice, tidy, sensible life? I don't believe so, buddy. I believe it was to be a nation changer, a history maker. Oh, come on. What about Marty? Did God lay hold of Marty just to be a nice Christian? I believe he laid hold of you, buddy, to inherit the promises of God and to possess, to possess your promised land your will, your high calling, and all that that means in your life, who knows? But I'm telling you what, C3 Tugger is about a church encouraging people with great faith and endurance and a persevering spirit to lay hold of their best life. In Jesus' name I pray.